You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute, or just listen at home. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56. Kyle Tucker of The Athletic normally joins me on this show, but he is out today, so it's just me. On Monday, Mark Stoops held a 45-minute uh, video conference with several members of the media. Went over a bunch of different stuff, uh, including talking about what kind of time the team would need to maybe prepare for the first game. We've heard Lincoln Riley recently mention he would want seven weeks. What about Stoops? What does he have to say on the subject? We'll get to that. Also, Stoops on the possibility of playing college football without fans. He talks about his preference. uh, if If playing college football without fans is even something he would be interested in doing if he thinks it could happen. So we'll hear from him on that. Also, we saw a video last week of uh, Terry Wilson, the Kentucky quarterback, rehabbing. He put out a video of himself. And so John Calipari was asked about Wilson's rehab. We'll hear from him on that as well. Uh, But he also talked about the NFL draft over the weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Lynn Bowden and Logan Stenberg both drafted. And then Kentucky had three other players who signed as undrafted free agents. So we'll hear from Mark Stoops on all about that. That's where we'll start with Lynn Bowden, selected in the third round, number 80 overall by the Las Vegas Raiders on Friday night. And uh, third round guys, they get in the neighborhood of around 800 to 900,000, close to a million dollars per season over a four-year contract. Uh, And then they get a signing bonus around a million dollars. That's the slot for... Uh, a third-round guy picked where Bowden was at number 80. Uh, so after taxes and all that other stuff, maybe he has a uh, $400,000 to $500,000 a year job in the NFL, living in Las Vegas. Uh, very, well, they don't call it Sin City for nothing, so very tempting, no doubt, for Lynn Bowden. But uh, we've seen what he can do on the football field. He's all about business. We've seen where he's come from and how he's matured, uh, changed his life and really focused in, and of course he has a son now, and he mentioned uh, in a in his post-draft uh, interview with, uh, or I guess conference call, uh, set up by the Raiders, he mentioned just how big it was for his son, and, and seeing his son's reaction, and then I don't know if you saw that video of Bowden's reaction with his family sitting at home, uh, was pretty remarkable. I, I don't have any doubt that uh, he will be a great uh fit for the Raiders, that they'll be able to use him in different ways. That's why they got him. That's what they talked about. Raiders general manager Mike Mayock says Bowden was actually selected as a running back. They didn't select him as a receiver. Like Mike Mayock was asked a question about the receivers that they got. He didn't mention Bowden. And so somebody came on and and then asked about Bowden. He says, well, we took him as a running back, that he will come into training camp as a running back and he will be trained as a running back. And then Mayock said, once Bowden gets that down, they will move him around a bit, see what else he can do, you know, in the slot. Uh, he called it the Joker position in Gruden's system, which you think of a Joker in the deck of cards, that's the wild card. Uh, someone who can be, you know, anywhere on the field. Mayock also said he's a great punt returner. They expect him to be someone that they'll look to to return punts for the Raiders. Uh, so 
Now, here is, and Mark Stoops, he loved it. He loved that the Raiders got Lynn Bowden. Here is what Mark Stoops had to say about Bowden going to the Raiders. I'm excited about Lynn uh, playing with Vegas. I think he'll be a great fit. I think, you know, the, the fan base will be energized by him. I think he will feed off that. I think Coach Gruden uh, is, is a really good fit for, for, for Lynn uh, because, uh, you know, I know Coach, and uh, I, I think the way he could relate to Lynn and get things out of him and continue to help Lynn grow, uh, I think that's uh, really important. Um, you know, Richie Bisaccia, their, their, their special teams coordinator, and I go way back and know each other for a long time. And Richie um, is another one that, that is a, 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 will be a great mentor for him. Uh, Richie coached in college. He understands that relationship. He understands the developmental piece. And he'll be a guy that I think Lynn can lean on. And uh, Richie can help, help Lynn continue to grow. And Lynn can trust those guys. Uh, so I think it's a it's a really good fit. And, uh, you know, hopefully things will work out for both sides. All right, so Stoops talking about he he knows John Gruden pretty well, and he knows the special teams guy with the Raiders pretty well also. And he loves the way that he thinks Lynn Bowden will be treated and trained uh, and mentored by those guys. And he loves Gruden's offensive scheme for Lynn Bowden fitting into that. So – Clearly, I mean, a guy like Stoops, a football guy who has known Gruden, another football guy for, for many, many years. Uh, you got to like the sound of that for Lynn Bowden and his future. Logan Stenberg, the second, the only other Kentucky Wildcat to be drafted in this year's 2020 NFL Draft. Stenberg, the fourth round pick of the Detroit Lions, number 121 overall. The Lions general manager, Bob Quinn, called Stenberg a nasty guy. Yes, Stenberg has earned that reputation as a nasty guy, and he has no problems telling you he's a nasty guy. I think one of his quotes from his post-draft uh, teleconference, conference call, was that he wanted to end the guy across from him. Uh, he he thrives on being nasty. He, he loves it. He embraces the role of being a nasty guy. But the Lions GM, Bob Quinn, he said... Uh, Stenberg's definitely a better run blocker than a pass blocker, and he noted that UK does a lot of stuff in the run game last season uh, that is similar to what Detroit does in its run game. And Quinn even said it was, he called it kind of refreshing, nice to see a college football team run the ball downhill the way Kentucky did last season, that a lot of times they put on the tape and they see so much pass protection that it's hard to get a read on how good of a run blocker an offensive lineman is when they're uh, scouting that, and they said with, with Stenberg, it was just popped off the screen for them. They really like what they're getting in Logan Stenberg. Here is Mark Stoops on Logan Stenberg going to the Lions. Uh, Logan was a mainstay for us for many years. I've said it often. I don't care where he was drafted, where he went. Uh, he's a guy that I believe will play a long time in the NFL. He's a big, strong, uh, physical guy. Um, that uh, is very intelligent, and uh, I think he also landed in a great spot in Detroit. And uh, I'm excited to watch him and, and uh, see where he goes. As for the other guys that were signed free agent contracts, I think they all have a great chance to, to make teams. They're, they're very good football players. They've overcome a lot um, already, and uh, 
I expect them to have a great opportunity. And then there at the end, you heard Stoops allude to the guys from UK who signed undrafted free agent deals. Those guys are TJ Carter, the defensive lineman. He signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Calvin Taylor, the guy who turned himself into one of the best defensive linemen in the Southeastern Conference as a senior last season. He has signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he's going to be there with Bud Dupree, another former Wildcat. And then Ahmad Wagner. You know, how many receivers you think are going to be taken from the Kentucky Wildcats when they have a season like they just had where it was run, 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 run? Well, Ahmad Wagner, he signed with the Chicago Bears, the former Iowa basketball player. They drew like 11 personal uh, pass interference uh, penalties uh, during his time in Kentucky, his two seasons uh, on the field at Kentucky. And so, I mean, it speaks volumes about Ahmad Wagner that Kentucky threw the ball as little as they did and Wagner still gets a contract in the NFL with my Chicago Bears. You guys listen to this enough to know that I'm a big Chicago Bears fan. And if it's anything the Bears need, they need receivers. They need weapons. Ahmad Wagner, hopefully he works out there. Stoops also said uh, later in his uh, video conference that he expected, when he was asked about what other guys he thought would maybe catch on with the team, he said he still expected Cash Daniel would sign with someone and get a chance to be in someone's training camp. All right, coming up next, we continue with football stoops on playing college football with or without fans. His discussion on that coming up next on Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Back here on Locked On Kentucky, and, you know, there's been some talk about, you know, there's so much speculation on when college football would start. Uh, Will it start on time? If it doesn't start on time, will they play Uh, with fans? Will they play without fans? Will there be social distancing in the stands? How will this all work out? Well, nobody really knows. But nonetheless, the questions are continuing to be asked to different college football coaches. And Lincoln Riley said, uh, I guess it was last week, he said if his team uh, were, if they were to give the go-ahead for players to be on campus and go ahead and get started towards the season, that he would want seven weeks. He would need seven weeks to get his team ready to go. And of course, that factors in that you didn't have spring football, that you don't have summer workouts, and that you may need some time to get your guys in condition before you start that four-week training camp. Uh, Just for, you know, the health of the players. Are they in shape? Are they able to go through a training camp? You can't just expect them to come back and start training camp uh, without some conditioning first. And, you know, training camp even involves some conditioning, but they expect those players to, to be Uh, in a certain shape, you know, their bodies a certain way. And how are they going to do that at home? Are they going to come back in that shape? Well, definitely not going to come back in the same shape they would be if they were on campus working out in the facility. I mean, they have scheduled workouts throughout the week, weight training, uh, conditioning drills, different stuff like that, some seven-on-seven, all that stuff. So Stoops was asked about that, like how much time would his football team need if they said, okay, tomorrow's the day or whatever the day is that your team can come back on campus. How much time would you need to prepare for that season opener? Here's Mark Stoops. You know, hopefully there will be some type of adjustment. You know, for instance, if we can get back, you know, say, I'm just saying hypothetically because y'all love for me to dive into that. You know, I generally do not, but uh, (laughs) if we can get back uh, in July, um, 
you know, then maybe there could be some type of leniency with us and what we're allowed to do with these players because of missing spring. Maybe, you know, see, our guys usually, we, we're allowed to watch them train. We're allowed to watch them lift and run and do things. And then we have to leave the field to watch them do seven on seven, which the players are going to do anyway. So maybe, you know what I mean, it would be the type of thing where we ask them, let us watch them do seven on seven. Let us coach them. You know, let us, you know, improve the product because we are crunched a little bit. You know, I think obviously the first thing we all have to do is put safety first with our players, making sure they're conditioned and ready to play. That That's un, un, undoubtedly that's the number one thing, you know, is just to make sure physically they're ready to play and in good shape and taking care of their safety. You know, that's first and foremost. And then from there, what can we do? Uh, to make sure we're putting a good product on the field. You know, we all miss spring. We all have some newcomers. And so, you know, those are some things that maybe can be discussed to where, you know, when and, you know, when we get back, maybe we're allowed to spend some time with them, to teach them, to coach them, to, to make sure they're doing things safely. Um, you know, just some common sense issues that, that, you know, we could possibly adjust. Those are just some things we're kicking around and, and talking about and, and, and trying to be prepared for, trying to be ahead. So when, when, when and if we get this green light, uh, we're ready to move forward and put the best product on the field and make sure our players are safe. Well, you heard Stoops throw out July as an example. I don't think we can hold him to that. I think he clearly was just talking hypothetically. Let's just say they allow us back in July, and he's looking at it like, well, if they were there in July, normally if the players were there in July, if none of this was going on, and the players were there in July, he went through some of the things they would, the coaches would be allowed to do interacting with the players. And he said, when it comes to seven on seven, the coaches aren't allowed to watch that. And so we get some of that stuff, especially when we get to talking season, you get to SEC media days and all those events leading up to the you know training camp opening uh, the first week of August. Usually you always hear those questions about, well, what do you see from your quarterback? What do you, and they're like, well, we, we haven't been able to watch them, but what I've heard is, here's what they've been telling me. And then you'll hear about, you know, who is a quarterback or who's a player who has been really good about being a leader when the coaches aren't around, who, you know, organize workouts, organize throwing, all that kind of stuff. So Stoops is saying if, you know, if we're there in July and they let us back, it would be nice if the NCAA would, you know, loosen those restrictions and let us just go ahead and coach our team fully all the way, which I, I think that would happen. I, I mean, that seems very logical. You don't know what the NCAA, but you would think whenever they allow teams to get back together, knowing that their schedule has been thrown off for planning on being there for the season opener, being ready for the season opener, with that schedule being thrown off, you would think they would just say, yes, once you get back, here's the timetable. I mean, you just can't imagine that the NCAA wouldn't have a blanket rule for everyone to keep the the playing field equal for all and say, okay, you got your four weeks of training camp. And then in addition to that, you get another four weeks or three weeks or whatever it may be for, you know, the lead up to, you know, a real official start of training camp. Uh, but those are all things that are being discussed still. We just don't know how that's all going to work out. We don't know if July is feasible. Maybe it's well, August where they can come back. Maybe it's, Maybe college campuses aren't ready to allow students back on campus by August. Uh, Stoops did say that the players are permitted to enroll in summer school 
And so when you've got the incoming freshmen, you know, think about the class that Kentucky just signed. Well, those guys haven't been on campus yet, except for the gray shirts, the ones who enrolled early in January uh, to get a head start and go through spring practice. Well, spring practice was obviously halted. But then for the guys who didn't enroll early and are planning on enrolling in the fall, uh, they would normally be in in the summer. They would normally come in by the time summer school starts, they would start summer school and be on campus. So that's not going to happen for them. So Stoops said they can enroll in summer classes, and they're encouraging them to go ahead and do that and become uh, students at the University of Kentucky just online instead. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, another question about it, I mean, another you know working idea of how this could go is that, well, okay, well, maybe let's go ahead and start college football without fans the way you know the nba has kind of talked about this the nfl has kind of talked about this let's go ahead and play our games but without fans like dr fauci even said something about i think major league baseball he was talking about where if you could take the teams and have the teams kind of sequestered in in their own hotel and isolated in their rooms and you tested all of the players every single week and then you could do contact tracing for those who are found to have the virus and then isolate them and quarantine them for 14 days, then you could, you know, obviously minimize spread and you could go ahead and have your season, but no fans. If you just focused on the players and just focused on their health, then you could possibly do this. That was one of Fauci's theories on how sports could come back to us. So Stoops was asked about the NFL's idea of possibly playing a season without fans and is that something college football could do what are his feelings on that and here's what Stoops had to say you know the first thing that comes to mind is there's going to be a lot of critics out there the optics of it you know to say that you're going to have college players out there that are allowed to play and line up six inches apart from each other and and you know, breathe on each other, sweat on each other, get in big piles and do all that, but you're not allowed to have fans in, in the stadium. I mean, that, that's going to be the first thing you hear, right? You know, people are going to – the optics of it, you know, that, that's uh, decisions, you know, people need to make that, again, are above you, – you know my deal. So other people are going to make those decisions. Um, but I'm not sure that's a viable option. So you heard Stoops right there say, not a viable option. In his mind, not a viable option to have college football without fans. Uh, he talked about the critics, which you would have that. And you have to think about that. If you're going to start college football up and not have fans, and then you're going to have the players out there in close contact with one another, then you're going to have people be like, well, if they can play football, those kids out there, then why can't I go to the game? You know, especially if I'm college age, you know, a student. Because students would have to be back on campus for college football to happen. So why, if I'm a student, why couldn't I go to the game, right? Same same situation, right? So, th- th- I mean, it just brings, it just ho- opens up a whole can of worms. And I, I can understand that from Mark Stoops' point of view. I, I totally understand that. Um, but at the same time, there's television. And television doesn't care about the fans as far as fans in the stands you know, television rights and all that, they've bought these games. They have to sell the advertising for these games. They have to 
they have to have the product on their TV. They have to provide the content and has to be there in order to sell the advertising for it and to, to make the money for what they've paid for the product. So for television purposes, it might, you know, college football's hand might be forced into playing without fans. As far as the universities are concerned, well, they need season ticket sales. They need ticket sales. They need to put people in the seats. They need to sell concessions. I mean, that's a, a budget item they're counting on. I mean, every year, college athletic departments budget in how much revenue they expect to get from college football, from their football games and their football stadium. And and they plan on spending that money. Uh, certain. So that hurts the universities, obviously. Maybe the universities make a stand and say, well, we're not going to play without fans. Unless we have fans, we're just not going to play. So how does Stoops feel about that part of it? Like playing football with or without fans? Well, he says if it's up to him, he wants, he, he absolutely wants fans there. Here's, here's his explanation on that. It's of my opinion, we should play football with, with, with fans in attendance, you know, so um, I'm going to do the things that I've been told and that's to go about my business to do the best we can to prepare our team to be able to play September 5th. And um, you know, that's what we're doing until somebody tells me otherwise, um, that that's the way I'm going to go about my business is getting the team ready uh, to play. And if, if, if it, if it does get pushed back, then we'll deal with it. You know, we'll deal with it the best we can, but it's real important for us to be out there. It's important for our state and our community and it's important for our fans to be there. I know everybody's probably going a little bit stir crazy right now. Everybody's starving uh, for some live sports and uh, we want to provide that. We want to be out there and, and, uh, and provide an outlet for people and a way to escape some of this. But obviously we have to do it in a safe manner. And, um, and you know, the answer to that, you know, it's not my decision. That's from people that are a lot smarter than me. Uh, but when they tell us it's safe enough, then we want to be out there, but I want to be out there with fans and attendance too, because I believe they make a difference and we feel that energy. It's a part of our sport. And, uh, and that's the way I want to see it. Yeah, so I get what Mark Stoops is saying there. I mean, fans are such a part of the game in college, especially uh, when you go on the road, uh, your your home field advantage, those things are, are such a, a big part of it. I mean, you look at some of the Kentucky games over the past several years when, when Georgia comes to Kroger Field, when Florida comes to Kroger Field, and we've heard Stoops talk about how much that makes a difference in how the team feeds off that energy and just how much fanfare plays into college football. There's no doubt, especially in the Southeastern Conference, college football and the fan experience, the stadium experience, are hand in hand. That's why you talk about who has the best stadium, You know why it's so tough to play in Death Valley, uh, playing at LSU. Uh, that's, that's a part of the sport, the tailgating. I mean, that's a big part of it too, obviously. So those, those things, without those things, do you really have college football? And in Mark Stoops' mind, he says no, basically. All right, one more thing from Mark Stoops that we're going to hear from him coming up. Also, a little bit of U.K. basketball news we'll discuss, but Stoops talking about uh, Terry Wilson's rehab. 
when we returned here on when we return here on Locked On Kentucky. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I mean, I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact delivery. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. I mean, listen up. You need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. Postmates just doesn't deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens or uh, convenience stores and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. Back here on Locked On Kentucky and just kind of recapping some of the highlights from Mark Stoops' video conference. Went about 45 minutes on Monday following the NFL draft. He talked about that a little bit. We talked about the NFL draft a little bit. Bowden going to the Raiders, Stenberg to the Lions. We also talked about some of the undrafted free agents. Kentucky had three of them. T.J. Carter to the Cardinals, Calvin Taylor to the Steelers, Ahmad Wagner to the Bears. Stoops said maybe Cash Daniel. He expects him to sign with someone. And then in that last segment, all about what Stoops thinks on playing college football without fans. And he says, I think it should be with fans. And almost to the point of it's not college football if we're not playing with our fans in the stands. Uh, Some other things that Mark Stoops mentioned. He said some of UK's players and their families got COVID-19, but they have all recovered since. He didn't say who, but uh, for those players and families of the UK football family, uh, that they have all recovered. So good to hear there. Uh, But Stoops talking about Terry Wilson, because someone asked and mentioned the video that Terry Wilson put out on Twitter last week on social media, showing him running on a treadmill. And uh, it looked like zero gravity treadmill, so there wasn't too much pressure there. So Stoops goes into detail on Terry Wilson's rehab. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing a good job. He is a guy uh, because of his situation that he's able to come in a few times a week and to work one on one with our trainer, with Gabe. And, um, you know, that was a video that you saw of him running on the, uh, the, the treadmill. That's that's one of those treadmills where uh, what's zero gravity. Um, so not much pressure on him. Uh, again, Gabe was on our conference call this morning and gave me an update on him and uh, he tells me that Terry's leg you know I was asking about the atrophy and just what the strength was in his leg because that's that's the most important thing at this point and uh, he tells me that the size is there the mass is back so that means his is both the right and left quad are the same size so that's a good sign but he's still not at a hundred percent in strength 
So he's got to concentrate on that, make sure he gets that strength up. And that'll, that'll come. You saw him on the treadmill with the zero gravity treadmill, but eventually they'll, they'll keep on moving to a regular treadmill, running on underwater and things like that. And, uh, uh, the trainers will have him ready, but, uh, you know, uh, he fully expects him to be 100% by the time we start. All sounds very good for the Kentucky quarterback. Uh, sounds like he's living in Lexington still, and he's able to get into the facility. Mark Stoops said coming in a few times a week, and then the diagnosis being that Terry Wilson will be back to 100% by the time the season rolls around, which obviously is great news for Kentucky. Um, mentioned that, the mass was there in his quad. That that, that was a great sign that uh, that the same he, his quad didn't shrink. It's back to the same, or it did probably, but now it's back to the same size as his other quad muscle. So that's good news. Um, so all looks well for Terry Wilson having a uh, return to football. I mean, he's talking 100% by the season if it were to be played beginning in September, the first weekend in September. So any delay, you would definitely think Terry Wilson would be ready to go. All right, we'll finish with a little U.K. basketball news. Kentucky uh, put out some of its opponents on its schedule, what they have so far, what they actually know. And there were two new ones on there, non-conference opponents, Georgia State and Cleveland State, announced for next season for U.K. men's basketball. U.K. is going to open the season with Kansas in Chicago, November 10th, in the Champions Classic. And then Georgia State comes to Rupp Arena on November 20th. Kentucky goes to Atlanta for the holiday hoops-giving game against Georgia Tech November 27th. So I imagine that would be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And the Cleveland State game is going to be in Rupp Arena November 30th. The Michigan game in London is set for December 6th, the Basketball Hall of Fame London Showcase. Uh, UCLA is the CBS Sports Classic opponent for Kentucky on December 19th. And then you have Louisville. Uh, That date has not been put out yet. And then, of course, the SEC Big 12 Challenge, that date and opponent also uh, not yet determined. So that's the news on the Kentucky basketball front. Also, um, you know, Billy Gillespie, you know, he got hired at Tarleton State, uh, which is, you know, a new Division I. We're moving into Division I. So he's back in Division One as a coach. And there was uh, some guys who, uh, I guess they have a podcast that they, they talked to Mark Stoops. I'm trying to pull them up because I want to give these guys credit. Uh, the guys who talked to Billy Gillespie. They got Gillespie on for like a 30-minute interview on, on their podcast. And they asked him about, you know, would he ever like to play UK, I guess, or however it came about, he brought up, he would like to have a round robin. Yeah, a round robin uh, with Kentucky, Iona, coached by Rick Pitino, Tarleton State, coached by Billy Gillespie, and High Point, um, coached by Tubby Smith. So you're talking about, could you imagine that? Billy Gillespie, Rick Pitino, Tubby Smith and John Calipari all at Rupp Arena playing around Robin like three-day deal uh, absurd it I mean it it sounds absurd but uh the podcast here I'll give you the podcast because I want to give these guys credit because they got it out there it's Lex Buds and Pick and Roll podcast 
Um, so good job, guys, because that was pretty, pretty good stuff uh, to hear Gillespie say he'd like to see this round-robin tournament. Um, three or four days, said, I have great memories there. A lot of friends back in Lexington the state of Kentucky have been great to me since I left, even though I wasn't their favorite guy as a coach. Uh, and he mentioned um, there, there'd have to be some, everybody would have to get some cough medicine because they'd be booing three of the coaches. They'd have to make sure they'd have somebody to take care of their throats. Well, Billy, I'll tell you, yes, they would probably boo Patino, even though Calipari thinks they wouldn't, but they would boo Patino. Um, they would boo you, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it, that would happen. They're not booing Tubby Smith. I mean, Tubby Smith didn't leave on the greatest of terms, and during his 10 years in Lexington, there were plenty of fans that were ready for a change. But Tubby's still loved. He's been back to the state many times. I, he, he's still loved around here. They're not booing Tubby Smith. Uh, but John Calipari's already uh, talked about he would he would play Iona in Rupp Arena. I mean, Rick Pitino brought it up. Calipari was then asked about it. And Calipari was open to the idea of Iona coming to Rupp Arena. And then commented that he thought the UK fans would treat Rick Pitino with with respect, which I, I, I disagree. I mean, I would like to think better of the UK fans, but uh, it's not, it's not that it's everything Rick Pitino's done. It's not that the UK fans are disrespectful people. It's that all the things that Rick Pitino has done would keep them from being able to cheer him. Now he did some great things for the university of Kentucky, but I mean, the last time he was there, he flipped off the fans. I mean, do you guys not remember that? Flipped a bird to the fans as he was walking off the Rupp Arena floor last time he coached inside Rupp Arena. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, it, it would be fun. I would be open to that. I think it would be fun to see Rick Pitino's team, um, Tubby Smith's team, and Billy Gillespie's team all in Rupp Arena playing Kentucky. I mean, I think it would be fun. It would definitely sell some tickets. I mean, there's no doubt about that. It would definitely sell some tickets. All right, so we'll end with that. Uh, hopefully, Kyle will be back to join me uh, for our next podcast. Hopefully, we're able to do that on Wednesday. Uh, that's the plan anyway for now. Uh, if it changes, we'll let you know. Uh, but that's that's the hope. In the meantime, if you want us to talk about something, uh, have an item you want us to discuss or a question, Follow us on Twitter. I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great, great start to the week. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.